Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Here's a horrifying statistic I read last night. In the U.S., just under 10,000 people are diagnosed with skin cancer every day. And since 1973, there's been a 200% increase in melanoma cases. That's both in the U.S. and in the U.K. Our guest today found out he had stage 3 melanoma eight years ago. And joining us from Toronto to tell his story and talk about his new documentary on cannabis is writer, director, and documentary filmmaker, Kim Soltarski. Kim, good of you to join us. Thanks very much. Yeah, so excited to be with you and chat about all the goodness that can come from cannabis healing. Right. Take us through your story of having melanoma in 2014. Yeah, so I was just going about my regular busy family life working, uh, and I have had a history before then of basal cell uh, cancers, the little spots. They said, oh yeah, you come to a dermatologist every six months and we'll we'll cut some spots off of you or burn them off because uh, I'm very fair-skinned and blue-eyed. And so I was like, okay, that seemed to be just a normal thing for me. And then on one of my visits, I, I pointed out a mole on the side of my temple, and because I also shaved my head and face, there was just something inside me for once that said, you know, I don't think I should be shaving this mole. It, it looked completely innocent. It wasn't like looking like a melanoma or anything. I just had some instinct just like, you know, how about we just cut that mole off and it won't cause any trouble. So the dermatologist hum and hawed and said, okay, yeah, next time you come in and I zap you, we'll do that. So he cut it off, zapped me and went away. And then two weeks later, I got the call. No one wants to get the call from calls you at 530. It's the doctor. You're like, what are you calling me for? And it's the cancer call. So he had said it looked like it had staged and uh, and he wanted me to certainly come in for uh, a diagnostic surgery so they could figure out has it passed through my skin membrane and gotten serious. So, you know, that shook up my world, but I went in, I think it was about three weeks later, I had the surgery and the surgery confirmed it was stage three melanoma. I was so blessed that I had caught it super early, had not manifested anywhere else in my body, though they did find a little speck down in the lymph node below my left ear uh, in my throat, which was a keen indication that it's there. So then I'm like so many people that gets their world rocked with mm-hmm. a cancer diagnosis. And so then I had to figure out what I'm gonna do. And luckily, even before I had the surgery, a friend of a friend, as the story goes, had said, hey, you know, you should check out exploring the use of cannabis oil to treat your cancer. I've got a friend who cured himself of lung cancer and melanoma. I'd love to introduce you. So I was very open to that idea in uh, plant-based natural healing. To clarify, when I went in for the surgery and they clarified I had cancer, they said, well, because it hasn't spread, we're just going to watch you. We do want to recommend that we're going to do a, a lymph node dissection and we're going to cut you ear to ear, remove all the lymph nodes in your throat. Oh, and sure. Said, well, that, uh, yeah, that, that, that sounds good. 
Yeah, that sounds like, you know, and I said, well, what's that going to cure me? 100%? They go, oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, okay, so then 75, no. 50, 25, no. And I'm going, why would I do that? Because there's a big chance. I mean, you'd never look at me the same. I'd be the guy with this huge scar or probably talk like this and all of that. So it just seemed like a very super invasive procedure. And they couldn't explain to me functionally why it would work. So I completely canceled that surgery. I kept the Western medicine oncologist and had a neck doctor purely for diagnostics. And I went on my own way. And so my own way at that point was already realizing I should do the Rick Simpson oil protocol, which eight years ago, which was the go-to, you know, the 60 grams of full extract cannabis oil in 90 days. Mm -hmm. And through a friend of a friend, I was able to scrounge together some cannabis and he made it for me. And I started on that protocol and I've been uh, full remission cancer-free ever since. What was your protocol? What exactly did you do? Yeah. So then I started doing the oral dosing, you know, the get a gram of a grain of rice on your fingertip and put it in. And you're supposed to ease your way after 30 days up to a gram. And I, I soon realized I'm just going to be blotto. And, and a friend who had done the protocol said, yeah, I expect to be a vegetable in the bed for two months. And I'm, I was willing to do that if that was going to save my life. But it was not desirable in any way because I'm a I have two children. I have a wife. I was in the middle of a documentary film, a thriving career. I'm a high-functioning person. I didn't want to lay in bed, even though if that's what it took to cure me. So luckily, I scoured the internet and I found out about suppositories. So quickly, I switched to suppositories, which got me up to the gram a day. So I would do that and a little bit oral at night. And wham, I charted it meticulously. And I did get, I stopped when I reached 60 grams. And then I went to a one to two gram maintenance dose after that. So it was the magic of suppositories during the day and a little bit of oral at night, which I know, Corey, is, you know, your hero protocol. And I being a living proof that it works for me. And I continue to do a, a maintenance dose suppositories during the day and oral at night. Did uh, you change your diet at all, Kim? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm here to say that I had so many incredible things that I did to help me. And cannabis certainly was a key one, though uh, the other pillars for me was I went on a plant-based diet. I learned that when your body is more acidic, it helps feed cancer and it's a more, uh, it's, a, it's a negative environment for your body to be, to be fully healing. So I, I went vegan. I've since sort of transitioned to be a bit of a flexitarian, 80% vegan, mostly vegetarian, once in a while have some meat. So yeah, so diet was a key foundation. Uh, I also believe exercise was a key foundation. I was very active, but then I, I switched to a bit more meaningful uh, exercise like yoga, uh, swimming, which was fantastic. And now I do Qigong, which is slow Chinese, slow yoga. And I, and I just love that. So exercise, a key thing. The other component of my healing was Chinese medicine. I had a fantastic Chinese medicine doctor, gave me lots of herbs and supplements and acupuncture. And then of course, functional mushrooms, turkey tail to help boost the immune system. Uh, and I continue to take that and just bask myself in the love of my supportive family and friends. And then also continue to be creative, make music, make documentaries, and look at the emotional and spiritual foundations of what may have caused my body to go out of whack. Because it was sort of shocking to me. I was quite healthy, super fit. But what I realized was I was burning myself. I was a bit of a workaholic, still am. And the, the biggest thing that was for me that I, I'm pointing my finger to was fractured sleep. I was not getting any good sleep for years after years after years. So I can definitively say 
cannabis every night gives me the most beautiful, gentle sleep. And when you sleep, you heal. So mm. those were basically all the foundations what got me to here today and better than I ever was, which is a great thing to say at 62. Kim, there's an interesting quote that I, I saw of yours, which you said, only you can heal yourself and your health issue made you a better person. Talk about that, how it made you a better person. Yeah, so, you know, on the on this incredible train of life that we're on, we can get really wound up around career and all of those things and and not be paying attention to the core elements that I mentioned, which are diet, sleep, uh, feeding your body, being in, in a positive mind, and, and finding balance. So I was a little out of balance that way. And so this, you know, and it, it is strange, and I know some people are fortunate enough to say it, and I know Corey is one of them, that this cancer diagnosis was the slap in the face to turn my life around to really, and I thought it was going in a great direction, and, and it certainly was to a certain extent, but here I am, 50 for being diagnosed with cancer. That's terrifying. My mother died of lung cancer in a horrific way. So, and I've held the hands of people dying with cancer and it's, it's not a pretty way to go and I don't wish it upon anyone. So mm -hmm. what I'm saying only you can heal yourself is that, you know, all, all the doctors as well-meaning as they are uh, and all the different practitioners and friends, they can only give you support and point, point in the right direction. You have to take whatever tools make sense for you, take control of it, make very courageous lifestyle choices if that's necessary and do it. And from that, it's been an incredible gift and learning experience. And plus the community of fellow patients helping patients like Corey and those I've been so fortunate to make documentaries on to spread this word and, and destigmatize and share greater light is it, it's been an incredible gift in the end. One of the things that I've noticed in, in in working with Corey over the years and her dealing with people is that some people want other people to help them. And some people require just point me in the right direction and I can help myself. And uh, those people who want other people to do it for them usually aren't as successful as those people who say, damn it, I'm going to conquer this, which is what you did. And have you run into that experience? Absolutely. You know, I've been so fortunate after this experience and wanting to give back to the community for someone who didn't know me from Adam, uh, risked himself to make medicine at that point, which was illegal, for no profit to help me. So how can I give back? So I went on a mission saying, hey, I'm a filmmaker. I should, I should find out more about these stories. So then that's how I got to meet Jack Kungle and, uh, the other subjects of my documentary, Mend with Dignity, and I was so fortunate enough to be able to connect with Corey. All of those people taught me that it, it's about the independence of realizing that you are the only one that can cure yourself. And so when I do see people who are sort of lost in saying, what, what, I, I've got to make my own medicine, grow my own medicine, I, I'm supposed to just go to the pharmacy, give them a piece of paper, they give me a pill, I don't ask what it's made, how it works, and then they expect results. Well, no, that's not the case. Now, the ultimate empowerment of health is working and healing yourself and taking responsibility for yourself. So, and many people come to me after I make my documentaries and they have obviously mm -hmm. illnesses and the ones that don't, that are sort of falling around, they're doing like 20 different things and really don't believe in it and really just want someone to give them a pill. Those ones, unfortunately, I have also seen have suffered and not flourished. We're the ones who sort of take it 
get focused, believe in it, ask all the right questions, continue to ask more questions. Uh, those are the ones thrive and have, have great success. Kim, was there ever a time that you didn't think you would beat this with oil or did you just know in your heart this was going to work and you just needed to get it done? I just knew. I mean, I it, it's I mean, those first couple of weeks are kind of scary when you put it in perspective and then you, you know, you spend a little time on the Internet and basically you're dead. So you sort of back away from that. Being a super positive person, I realized I had so much to continue to live for, not only just finishing the documentary I was working on. Uh, my kids were uh, at that point nine and 13, and I certainly had a lot more fathering to put in for that. So I I didn't think of it for a second. And once I did the research and found out what Rick Simpson had laid the foundation of and had done, and the person who had had followed that and, and cured himself and then sort of coached me, there, there was no question in my mind. It was incredible. And I've stuck with it. I've stuck with a maintenance dose. And all I can do is continue to educate myself. And now I have full empowerment that I have a license to grow my medicine. I can process it in all the different ways I need it. And that's the ultimate when you can grow your own medicine. And I still continue to uh, learn about different uh, functional medicine protocols, adjust my diet, find new ways to exercise and be in love with the world. You know, Kim, in listening to your story, I can just see that before you were a very type A personality. It was just go, 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 and you weren't getting enough sleep. Uh, you weren't paying that much attention to your diet. And all of a sudden, you had this health crisis. And they were going to slit your throat and, uh, and give you an operation, which you did not want. You had this cancer scare. And all of a sudden, you focused on yourself you focused on your your health, you focused on your family, and you cured yourself, and it turned your life around because it gave you a different focus. You focused on life instead of constant work, even though you still constantly work, but you you have a different attitude towards life now, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I think you summed it up perfectly. And and also just the incredible support and kindness I've found from the sort of the do-it-yourself patients helping patients cannabis community has been overwhelming and given me such hope and inspiration. People like Corey, uh, especially Corey, who work tirelessly to share this information, they should have 20 Mercedes lined up in their driveway just after, after <laughs> one month of what they've done. But they don't because that's not what's motivating them. What's motivating them is to destigmatize and share the truth and power of this plant. Like, and it's not 100 percent. It's not going to cure everyone uh, every time. And we all know that this is not the 100 percent Hail Mary all the time. But it is a fantastic path that works for so many. And I've been fortunate enough to tell very intimate personal stories of over 100 patients through my documentaries, uh, much like the incredible gift you guys do speaking uh, on podcasts with individuals one-on-one -on -one to find out. And then there may be someone who listens to this and goes, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I should open my mind to that. And maybe all the lies I've been fed and the misinformation I should reconsider. It, it's been transformed, and I, I just can't say enough about the community of people who continue to help what you're doing with this podcast all those who are the subjects of my documentary, it's inspiring. This is empowerment. This is community. And it's a great shining light, I think, for how people should live a healthy life 
and living with giving and community. It reminds me very much, Corey, of the time when you I was interviewing you on commercial radio and, and uh, we got that email from that woman in Toronto whose daughter was in uh, intensive care. She was dying. And uh, then we got an email from her and I read, read it cold on the air. And she says, you saved my daughter's life as a result of, of uh, what you did. And, you know, that was extremely emotional for me at the time because yeah. uh, I'd, never, I'd never had anything like that before. And I wasn't a cannabis user at the time. Thanks to Corey, I am now. But uh, it, uh, it had a profound impact on me for many, many re- weeks. Yeah, I remember that. She was 28, the daughter. She was 28 years old. You're younger than me. You can remember things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, tell me about your, your, your latest documentary. Yeah, well, uh, I've opened up uh, a new YouTube channel called THC, The Healing Conversations. And the premiere episode is someone you may have heard of. Her name is Corey Yellen. Oh, yes. Yes, Corey Yellen. Yes, some fantastic human being who lives in Victoria, B.C., so I was, uh, as I said, one of the incredible bonuses on my healing journey, uh, not only to have healed uh, and to share my story in, in little ways uh, like this, but I've had the opportunity through my zealous drive to document other stories just to meet so many great healers. Uh, I did a documentary on Jack Kungle out of Kingsville, Ontario called Jack's Garage. I did a documentary called Mend with Dignity, M-E-N-D, with Dignity of Rob May Sr. and Gary Pallister and Meaford. And then it's like, okay, who else am I going to knock off here? Well, I've got to get to the legendary Corey Ellen. And we uh, struck up a Facebook relationship. And I happened to be in Victoria a year and a half ago. And I said, Corey, I just want to meet. and Let's talk for an hour. And so I did. And so finally, here we are a, a, a little bit too long later. It is going to be the first episode on the uh, the healing conversation. So a nice hour conversation with Corey, telling her story, sharing her protocols, and I'm super excited about that. That's great. Now I understand that you're trying to sell this to Netflix. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. The broadcast streamer world is very tricky. I've, I'm, I'm sort of shocked at these incredible stories that I follow through, sometimes from beginning to end, or even anecdotal with a lot of support. Mm-hmm that it's hard to get funding, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still pitching to the streamers and all of that. In the meantime, I feel like my documentaries, like this podcast is a public service announcement and I don't want mm-hmm. it me sitting in my hard drive waiting for the big deal. So I'm just giving it away for free on YouTube, though I will be marketing it to Amazon Prime and Tubi and hopefully be making announcements in the coming months, other places it goes. Uh, for me, I can't wait for monetary gain from this because this these conversations this information is too important to to keep and and consider it's only for profit and it's not for profit for me i I do it because i have to hopefully i can make some money so i can continue to do it just as you guys should hopefully have people donating to your podcast to help your time but we're all doing it to share good information and so uh, I'm excited about the, the healing conversations. I'm going to have more episodes coming up throughout the months. And I'm so thrilled and honored that Corey is the first premiere episode. Well, thank you. There, there you go, Corey. Yeah, I'm excited Finally, too. recognition. Finally, <laughs> recognition. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's powerful 
able to get that the get that word out there. The more people that know, the better. Yeah, we've always said, uh, Corey, you and I, that the reason we do this is to help people around the world and also to help educate people around the world because I think there is such a gross misunderstanding about cannabis. Alcohol yeah. is freely available. Cannabis has, even in Canada here, it, there are restrictions on it. And uh, nobody has ever died from consuming too much cannabis. But my God, you go downtown any city in the world uh, at midnight and you find drunks all over the place and there are fights breaking out. And it's just uh, there is such a dichotomy between the two of them. And and I just think that uh, education is really the key. You need to educate people on the medical benefits of cannabis and the health benefits of cannabis. I I totally agree. And one of the secrets I'll share is don't wait till you're really sick to start using cannabis as a dietary supplement. That would be unfortunate. And a lot of people do. They're like, I'm fine. It's good. And I have a little, you know, it's wine o'clock and I'm doing this and that and I'm fine. It won't catch me. Uh, I, I strongly encourage people to start doing a maintenance dose ideally with suppositories oral at night so you sleep like a baby and you don't get the psychotropic high if that's not something that you enjoy uh, during the day. And I don't enjoy it during the day. It doesn't help me fully function. So I do CBD tinctures during the day. I slather my body with a coca canna extract, canna butter for my aches and pains, the few that I have for my exercise. Uh, and then I do a maintenance dose. So I would say, you know, encourage people to do that and take a hard look. Like alcohol is not doing you any favors. We don't have an endo alcohol system that's saying, oh, feed me. Mm, I need the alcohol. We don't have endo opioid system or tobacco system. We have the endocannabinoid system, which is the master regulator of our body functions. We need to feed that. And so if you can learn how to grow your own, feed yourself, nurture yourself, and avoid the toxins in your life, and especially the emotional toxins. If you're in a stress situation with your work, your relationship, your past trauma, deal with that shit. I have an endo wine system. (laughs) I was going to say that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry, Corey, I interrupted you. I don't know what I was going to say anymore. (laughs) <laughs> it was your wine endo, endo wine system. <laughs> wine system. One of yeah. the one of the things Corey and I were having a chat on the phone last night, and one of the things that we were talking about is the consumption of sodas that people have today, and it's just unbelievable how much people drink and flavored drinks and things like that. And because we were born before the internet. We didn't have a lot of, I mean, in, in my day, the largest Coke you could get was six ounces. It was it was very small. Uh, now you can get a 48-ounce Slurpee or something from one of these stores. And Corey has a great line, which I think is, is perfect, that sugar is the um, miracle grow for cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, I, I say repeatedly to patients every time. You ingest sugar, it's like pouring miracle grow on your cancer cells. Yeah. yeah, I think that that is absolutely wonderful. Have you noticed, Kim, in your conversations with people uh, who have started to use cannabis and changed their diet, that they've eliminated 
I shouldn't say eliminated all of it, but reduced greatly the amount of sugar they consume? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the foundations. And the, and the person that really brought that to me to the forefront was when I met Jack Kungle. He had stage four pancreatic cancer, bl- sorry, bladder cancer, had started doing decarb capsules because he didn't have access to oil. And in his six months, not only had cured his cancer, but got off a whole bag full of 22 medications that were killing him, basically. So it's, then it's like, oh, cannabis is the cure. It's Hooray. Three months later, his cancer came back, even though he was still doing a fairly substantial maintenance dose. And then he had a look. It's like, well, how is this possible? He looked at his diet and he looked at his relationships. So he realized there was a lot of toxic relationships, but then he went to a vegan diet. And once he cleaned up his diet and he cleaned up his emotional toxicity, he, he's been cancer-free ooh, 12, 13 years plus now. So, you know, I get his mantra, food is your medicine, medicine is your food. So definitely avoid all artificial sugars, a few fruits. That's fantastic. Uh, processed foods, you know, avoid those like the plague if you can. Go low carb, good fats. Uh, definitely, I see that. And so everyone I try to promote to adjust the diet to a plant base as much as you can emotionally handle. And that's a big turn for people. Sometimes it's like, ah, I can take cannabis. That's easy, but I still got to have my veal cutlet or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think Corey also has a belief where, you know, it's you're under such emotional strain where you'll get a cancer diagnosis. And especially if you're coming to people like Corey or Jack or Robert Gary or the other healers out there you may hear of, you're usually looking for the Hail Mary because you've done chemo and it hasn't worked out and you've got two to four months to live. So uh, telling people to go vegan overnight may be a bit of a trauma for them, but as close as they can get to it, as fast as they can, that's only going to serve them better. It's all about building your immune system and diet is one of the function core uh, elements of that, feeding your endocannabinoid system and getting good sleeps and, and having a love for life. Yeah, you know, I remembered what I was going to say, which was, uh, you know, I always say to pati- patients there that in my experience, there is always an emotional component to cannabis. And sometimes people are aware of what that is, and sometimes they're not. But definitely, there's always an emotional component somewhere. It's a mind, body, spirit, right? You got to heal everything. Yeah, yeah. This And that's, that's where... The real work begins because it's so easy. Just we're so used to going to the doctor and getting a pill or or, or some kind of laser or treatment. Oh, done. Just keep going. Yeah, we don't yeah. find out the root cause of it. But now, when you find out the root cause of it, and there's a whole bunch to look at, you've got to really buck up and do the hard work. And once you do, it's easy because your body's there wanting to feel good. It wants to heal yourself. It doesn't want to feed on poisons. But if that's all you feed it, that's what's going to give you is more cancer. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, Kim, you know, I think this is sort of what uh, Ian was alluding to earlier in the conversation. We, I run across two, if you will, types of people, uh, the make me better ones and the ones that are doing everything they can, they can or want to know everything they can to move forward. And those are the ones that are more successful for a number of reasons. And the one thing that I point out to them is. Up till now, this cancer has been controlling you. Now you are controlling the cancer. It's a game changer. So the ones that come in victim stance and go make me better, there's a lot less success rate with than the ones that say, right, I'm in, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree from the, the stories I've documented and the people I've seen not come through, 
I 100% agree, Corey. Uh-huh. Very much, Corey, like the, uh, the, the daughter of the 83-year-old gentleman that uh, we interviewed uh, several months ago who had lung cancer and did a uh, metastasize to his bladder. No, he had kidney cancer and lung. Kidney, ca- lung. kidney cancer and, and lung was given four weeks to live. And, two weeks. Uh, yeah. Two weeks. Wow. Yeah. And he went whole hog, 83 years old, did a, a gram a day, cranked it up to two grams a day, started peeing green, <laughs> and went back. <laughs> and uh, the, the day we interviewed his daughter, which was uh, several months later, I mean, he was cancer-free. He was out camping and fishing. Yeah. Eighty-three. He didn't. He didn't want to die, so he went whole hog. Suppositories, oral, everything. He just bam. And I think Corey talked to his daughter a couple of weeks ago. He was fishing out again. again. Yeah, yeah, out camping. Yeah, right. That was his dream to make it to summer to go camping again. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And when we talk about one size doesn't fit all, Kim. Didn't the doctors want to give you an experimental drug? Yeah. So the the two options they had for me was cut me ear to ear and take away my lymph nodes, which, and actually I just went for my eighth year checkup mm-hmm. with the, another oncologist that I had to see once a year. And I asked her about this and she said, yeah, it didn't make sense. You did the right thing by not doing that. And then the other thing I said, so what else you got, you know, cause you gotta, you, I think, you know, you have to look at Western medicine. I, I use them s- solely for diagnostics, but you have to listen to them. You have to research what they say and question them. So the other one was said, Hey, we've got this experimental drug. It's the best we can offer you. You're going to be in the hospital for a month. It's going to be the worst month of your like life. Then we're going to go home and you're going to shoot yourself up once a week for 11 months. And it's like be having the flu. I'm just like, okay, so I lose a year of my life and I'm cured hundred percent. Right. And they're like, no, it's just an experiment. And I'm like, no, thank you. So, you know, it's just like, why would anyone even want to do that to themselves? And that was the best this trillion dollar industry of curing cancer could do for me. Meanwhile, some guy in Nova Scotia figures out that weed oil, Rick's, you know, full extract cannabis oil can cure cancer. And, you know, in garages are doing this. I'm interviewing people who cure cancer from their house, from their garage, from their kitchen. Why are these doctors so, so ignorant? And that's why education that you guys promote is so important. We have to help give the doctors the courage and the tools so they can educate themselves the endocannabinoid system and help take this from the last resort drug to one of the first choices so we can understand. It'll have a, it could have a amazing benefit across the entire country because people are going to be getting healthy. It's going to be less strain on the hospitals and the doctor visits, less need for pharmaceuticals. Insurance companies are going to save money. So it's very important to spread this information. And I'm grateful to be on this podcast doing exactly that. Well, we're grateful you're here as well. Kim, tell people how they can access your documentaries. Yeah. So the new portal I'm really going to be putting most of them through is uh, called THC, the healing conversations. I got a website, thcseries.com, and we're on Facebook. And I said, Corey Yellen is a premiere episode. Please check that out, share and subscribe. My other documentary is jacksgaragedoc.com, jacksgaragedoc.com. The incredible story, Jeff Kungle and all the other people heal themselves using cannabis. And then my previous entry is Mend, M-E-N-D with dignity. Uh, Incredible story of 
Rob and Gary up in Meaford transform the community and help thousands of people. And that could be found at mendoc.com. So go to the website and that'll direct you to YouTube or Vimeo or uh, Amazon Prime or Tubi. Uh, a lot of them are all over the place. And I'm really hoping Corey's documentary, once we get it out there and I start putting it to the distributors, has a full worldwide re uh, reach, but it will now because I'm putting it on YouTube for the whole world to see uh, and share. So yeah, if people want to go to those documentaries, it's worth the time just to open your mind to see how healing is possible through cannabis and it might just work for you or one you love. Kim, it's wonderful to talk to you and uh, thank you for all the work you do. It's, it's excellent and uh, you should be proud of yourself. I am in, 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 a, in a way that I feel like, wow, you know, all this years and years of having film experience, I don't think I could do anything any better than telling real stories about healing to give people hope and educate them. Uh, so it's, it, it's a thrill for me to share this. It's a thrill to be on your show and interact with people, uh, with Corey and everyone else. And, and I appreciate your time and so much. Thanks you very much, Kim. We appreciate your time. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already, and we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. That helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.